Hello. Well, well hello there. Oh, um, well, hello there. Well, hello. I'm gonna come Master with... Kenobi. Mm, uh, I don't know suddenly why it's Well, bay. hello there. Well, Master Kenobi. Hello how there. nice of you to join us. Hello there. Hello. Hello there. That would be a much better scene. Um, welcome to the Meeple People podcast. Hello, why hey there? Um, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Hello and oh, welcome to the Meeple People podcast for the eleventh time. The eleventh time. Hello, I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. Hello. And yes, we are the Meeple People podcast. We are the Meeple People. Mm-hmm. And this is the podcast. And today we're talking about um, board games, all things board games, yes. as usual. As per usual, it's uh, yeah, business as usual. Yeah, we're going to be talking the about um, MPP. The Spielder's Yard yeah, has we been have, announced. We have a couple of And games. for once, we've played it. Yeah, we've actually played it. We've actually played a game that we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and as well as that, we'll have the usual news and nonsense. And just all that good stuff. Good stuff indeedy. So let's crack on with the news. Smashing. I've got some news, Jamie. Okay, Sam, go on. Hit me with it. You are 100 metres down, below the surface of the water. This is the beginning of a shark film. No, it's not the beginning of a shark film. Okay. You're, um, you're with your captain in a submarine. <sighs> They're coming for you. You don't know where. You used to have four crew members, but now you're just down to two. What happened, Sam? What happened? Asmodee have announced a new game, is what's happened. <gasps> They've announced a, a spiritual sequel successor in the range of Captain Sonar games. This is a two-player slash four-player two-to-four-player variant yes. of one of our favourite games from <sighs> last year. Probably our favourite game from last year. Which is Captain Sonar. And this game is called Sonar. Um, it's, not, it's not an officer yet. It's not an officer. It's just Sonar. Cadet Sonar. We'll see. Instant Sonar. Um, and, well, the idea is in, in the full blown captain sonar it plays up to eight people so you're four people aside each commanding different roles but i think they've seen that that's hard to pull off sometimes you know just with people's commitments and stuff it's hard to get a full game of captain sonar together we've experienced this i've played it full game twice um and that's enough for me to play no, it I've been with my you favorite both games times, you know, yeah, yeah it's been amazing um it's i'm really sad that we're not able to get it out more often absolutely but this means that um so the four roles of the ship have now been condensed down to two roles. Yep. So we will have a captain, we will have a captain, and yep. we will have the radio operator. Two but the between them, they will do everything yep. um, on two-player aids instead yes. of the four-player aids. And um, sadly, but we'll see how it plays out. Is they've got rid of the real-time element, which is obviously our f- favorite element of the entire thing, really. I think. Absolutely. Um, and but yeah, that's but coming out term, soon. But turn-based is a very enjoyable game. Uh, it, 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 it makes it a very tense version of yeah, We did, yeah. We've got um, one of our friends, Ross, who'd never played it before. Uh, we got a four-player game. So it was two, two aside. Yep, my, um, myself and uh, our friend Richard. Yeah, and we kind of Sam. all played all roles, really, didn't we? I yeah. The radio operator was the radio operator, but then everyone has a hand in doing everything in a two-player game. And we played turn-based. And Richard and I just shouldn't be putting a submarine together. 
But it was good fun. It was good fun. Um, so yeah, that's what's happening from Asthma Day in... in uh, do you want me to tell you a bit more about it, sir? Please, yes. Go go okay. on. Yep, there we go. So as I said, two to four players, two players a team. Captain and radio operator. Captain, as you as before, uh, directs the submarine's course and you activate its system. So you're taking on the role of the first mate and you're also taking the role of the engineer as well. So yes, you're directing, you know, north, east, south or west. You mark it on your sheet, but you're also... Uh, every time you move, you draw a line on the map and you cross out an empty gauge on the submarine's energy gauge. So that's instead of now having that kind of engineer role where you're breaking parts of the ship. There's just standard energy that standard ship energy uses. That you charge the systems, yes. And Which the makes a lot more sense than every time you move, the ship breaks. Your uh. ship is just a, a rust bucket and your engineer is doing the best you can. Yeah. Um, the radio operator is basically just still being the radio operator, which is not a bad thing because it's one of my favourite parts about the entire game. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting a lot better at it. I think it's the most. It's, yeah. For me, it's the most enjoyable role. Yeah. The, en- the energy gauge is very simple. And there's only f- there's four sectors as opposed to it. Um, and uh, compared to Captain Sonar, where you have about six different systems, uh, you now only have three. You have sonar, silence, and torpedo. When you use sonar, no mines. No mines. No mines. No mines. Oh, oh well. This is it. I mean, just started out in the sonar, the captain sonar, sorry. Uh, when you use sonar, the enemy captain must share either the column or the line of the map where the submarine is currently located. So, it's a bit just simpler. It's, okay. It's, it's either so or. So, instead of the one true, one false, it's just, yeah, it's just... You just tell a piece of information. That has to be true, yeah. Uh, silence lets you move your submarine... Or, or not what you did, which is give us your exact location. <laughs> give you exact location. Not that we knew it was your exact location. I was meant but to give one true and one false and I accidentally, accidentally gave two true. Which was the exact like, location. Yeah. <laughs> which is and, fantastic. And you guys almost did that. Um, so silence lets you move your submarine one space without having to declare the direction out loud. Essentially the same from uh, Captain Sonar, except it's not one to four spaces. Yeah. Which is fine. And then torpedoes, launch a torpedo, same way as last time. Uh, you have to target a single coordinate inside your current zone. Okay, so it's got a longer range. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. Uh, but the difference here is, instead of four damage to sink a submarine, as in Captain Sonar, it's only two damage to sink a submarine. Uh, but, compared to Captain Sonar, you do not have an area of effect, whereby if you are one space away right, you'll take one damage if you're directly on the space you take two damage in this you have to be right on the space and you take one and damage. you take one point of damage so two hits kill you absolutely i'm interested in this just because having played it with that amount of players you know four players two a team mm-hmm. just playing the the standard version of the game which is obviously four roles that each have their own board and things it still worked really well and it was it still a very does. good gripping game oh. Jeez, I just hit myself in the face with a microphone. I'm very sorry. Very um, it was still a gripping game, and it was tense, and you know, and it lasted for a good while. It we was, were almost there for an hour, but but it was good. It was oh. a really good, t- good Ten, time playing that game. Moment, it was a good yeah. tense time, and just by watering it down, and I suppose just making it more accessible to more people, I just hope it doesn't lose some of that. You know, just the whole. The fact it only hits on a direct hit. But then that's good because I suppose, oh, and this is something I've just thought about, is the fact that you might, on in Captain Sonar, if you miss and it's an indirect hit, it's like, okay, but we know we're close. Yeah. But now if it was an indirect hit, say, you just say it's a miss. Yeah. You don't know if you're close. Mm-hmm. 
you can just still keep thinking you're close, yeah. but you don't know. And that, it oh, puts maybe a lot that more, is it, so it, much better. It may put a lot oh, more onus on the. It may put a lot more onus on the radio operator. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, no, I'm 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 very excited. As I said, you know, it's going to. Uh, hopefully, it's just going to keep um, what we all love about what I love about Captain Sonar, and it looks like it absolutely will. Just pairs it down, slims it, uh, sharpens it up, makes it just a bit easier for two players to play as one submarine, and I cannot wait for it. So ex- when it comes out, expect a review. Yeah, I, I'm expecting that there will be previews at Gen Con, maybe. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's well, full art probably. for it, there's like box art for it, there's a lot of rules out there, so I suppose they might be doing previews and demos and stuff at Gen Con. We'd like if to If not selling advanced copies and things, who knows? But very soon, definitely mm. before the end of the year, it's been said. Yep. Um, I'd like to tell you another bit of news. Go on, Sam. Um, I'm itching to hear. Games Workshop, or should we call them the new Games Workshop? I think that's uh, how they're really branding themselves Games these Workshop days. 2.0. Yeah. The new and definitely improved Games Workshop um, have announced the new rules of update, I suppose, for Age of Sigma, their current fantasy game, um, which is the 2017 General's Handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing quite a lot of Age of Sigma recently, to be honest. Um, You've really jumped into the minis, haven't you? I have, and it's odd. It's something I never thought I'd fully do, definitely to this extent, really. Mm-hmm. You know, had a game of 40k the other day, 8th edition, really nice. Um, Who were you playing? I played the Space Wolves, ah. which I enjoyed. Um, it was good. I th- just because of the way I think um, Richard gave me a game, our friend... And just the way he built the lists, they were very, very similar lists, just for a starter. And I, and from that, I don't know if you really got the whole, what Space Wolves were about. I was very much just kind of some Marines going around, some Terminators, had a Dreadnought, you know, got a good feel for what 40k is. Mm. But I don't know if there was kind of a good, this is what Space Wolves are. But I suppose that's just because that's the only game I've ever played so introduce, Introducing you to the game and then um, want, if you play a bit more, you may get a, um, a bit more diverse facts no, and see how different plays. Um, Richard, uh, our friend Richard, is also the rich of Tabletop Assault. Which plug, is plug, a, plug, plug. Plug, 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 which is a miniatures and wargaming. Yeah, uh, I'm mainly highlighting site. 40k games, you know. Um, but they are doing a bit, so they are doing a bit of yeah, other things. Head over to, to youtube.com and that's um, Tabletop Assault. Yep. Um, so it's mainly 40k bat reps. Um, They've done one or two uh, Batman miniatures. They games. have indeed. But yeah, have a wee look if if you're interested in minis games. Yeah. These guys are right up your street. Yeah, They're a good no, bunch it, of guys. It's, it's good fun. Um, and there are friends. Yeah, friends over at Tabletop Assault. It's our good friends. we can say that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the General's Handbook came out last year. So what does it do? So, I'm sure many people in the in the know, I suppose, for, for gaming in general, are aware that when Age of Sigmar came out, people hated it, for want of a bad term. I'll, I'll be honest, I was one of the people who, the moment the, no, the War Scrolls were announced, it was with a group of friends, and we basically went online and looked at them and started going, what is this? What? How ridiculous is this? And, and I'll, right, I'll so there that. were a number of reasons. The big main reason were points. When it was announced, there were no points values for the game. So it was like, okay, how do we run a balanced game? How do we have balanced armies? How do we, you know... Um, match my army with yours so it can be playable, you know, so you're not just going to trounce me. And there were things in the rules to say, basically, you play um, the same amount of models aside, or if someone's got more models than you, you get this kind of bonus to the game, and things like that. And it was things that obviously helped, but didn't really make it playable, I suppose. Um, and then... But also, for me, at the, at the the top of it, again, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm not, I've never not played it since, so I can't... Yeah. 
Um, I'm not making any comments. It was just, I know I should. Uh, when I first looked at it, and it was just things like, yeah, if you've got a bigger beard than the opponent, right? There were a few. Uh, it's. I does, think, does it still have these? I think they still technically exist. So those rules are in. I think they're just some of the old Empire characters. It's in the named characters for some of the Empire guys. Some of basically. it. Some of it wasn't um, uh, just named stuff. Some of it was like okay. for a, for a, a well, faction. That, that isn't really a thing. That's fine. Um, that, that, I think it's in there for now. some of the characters, just because it's a bit silly. And yeah, there was kind of like, if you have a bigger mustache, you get to go first or whatever. And it's like just complete stupidity. Um, and I understand they're trying to be a bit silly, but it was just... Um, but it, anyway, yeah. so they released the General's Handbook around this time last year. And that was... Um, so they introduced the three ways to play system. So you've got open play, which is just throw down whatever you want, use the original rules and just have fun with it. Yeah. There is um, narrative play, which is all about kind of obviously building a war band and going through like a campaign and using the storyline of the of the system and of the game and of Age of Sigma. So a very kind of almost Mordheim kind of feel to it. Maybe, yeah. So they've got a thing called Path to Glory, which uses a um, kind of a, a culminative. You, you gain more troops as you go on the campaign okay, yeah. and stuff. And it's got a bit of a story to it. So yeah. Cool. Um, and then finally, matched play, which is your... Your tournament game, mm -hmm. yeah, and with that, they introduced all point systems for everyone. Um, point systems, um, you know, just rules for proper rules for list building and things like that, and just made it a more stable game for tournaments, yeah. Okay, then. Um, and now what they've said is they won't really do editions of Age of Sigma, they'll just update those rules, okay, um, yearly, yeah, okay. So every year, there'll be a new general's handbook. And with that, there might be some little fixes, a couple of Q&A fixes, you know, FAQ stuff. Um, and just some additions. So you'll get more um, scenario campaigns. Not scenario campaigns, scenario, uh, like objective-based scenarios, yeah? Um, for, for campaigns and for match play and stuff. Um, and kind of updates to point values. Just so if something's become a bit broken or something needs being nerfed or something just needs being boosted or something like that, you, they can do that in that book. Okay. Um, what they've also announced, which is quite nice. Um, so the way it works is there's grand alliances. So each faction falls into a grand alliance. Yeah, so I play orcs. Orcs mm -hmm. are part of destruction. Yes. Also part uh, yeah, of order. Order, chaos, destruction, destruction and, and death. Death, okay. Um, there's like one good one and three bad ones. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I play Destruction, and in that as well are things like um, ogres and, and trolls and, and things like that. But So if you're playing Destruction, you can bring anything from Destruction. So me as orcs, iron draws, I get a bonus if I'm playing all iron draws, yeah? But I can source things from other, other factions and stuff, okay. yeah? What they've also announced with this General's Handbook is Allies. So there will be a list, for, for each faction, there will be a list of allies they can call upon, and they might be from other Grand Alliances. So this is in the same way that 40k had those, the Table of Alliances, so... I suppose so, again, I don't know much about Yeah, it was that, like so diff different it. levels of, um, like, alliance. Yeah. Um, you can ally with certain other people, and yeah. there's ones that you absolutely cannot, for obvious reasons. Yeah, so that's going to be included there, which I think is quite interesting, quite okay. nice, you know. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, they're doing a good job. Good. Old GW. You know, it's I think encouraging to hear. They definitely went through a period of just being a model maker, basically. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. And 
you know, it wasn't the game first, but now, you know, they're coming out with a lot of community-based things, you know. They're giving updates for everything daily, you know. Listen, it, they're listen, telling it was, people what they're doing. Listen, it was a couple of years ago, it was a change in management, and it's decided to, you know, engage... Games with, again. You know, engage with the community, um, put, like, you know, put some re-releases, start Absolutely. doing things a bit more affordable instead of just price gouging. Yeah, you know, it's still, still a pricey part of gaming. You know, I think miniatures are always going to be that. Minis games are by their very nature. Yeah. Um, but they're doing some good stuff, which good. is good to see. And, as we found out today, there might be some um, some Necromunda on the way. Yeah, <laughs> Who there's a possibility of Necromunda coming back. I mean, we all thought that Shadow War Armageddon, or so-called Necromunda, um, was basically it. But no, we actually might be getting it back, and not just in a video game format. Yeah, so some fun stuff to look out for there, really. Yeah. Um, um, Sam, do you like Carcassonne? I like it enough. Yeah, it's not yeah, bad. I think we've spoken about this before, maybe. Yeah. That, um, yeah. yeah, things come in and replace it, maybe, and we're definitely going to get onto that later. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but no, there's an announcement that uh, Carcassonne is bringing out a two-player version. Carcassonne for two, or for zwei. Uh, Carcassonne for two. It's a tiny travel-sized edition of Carcassonne in a little metal tin. Cute. Um we don't know. I think it's assume, uh, it's assuming because there's not been many uh, details released about it. It's assuming it's going to be, you know, some less tiles, maybe a slightly pared down game. Yeah, maybe you know, forty-eight that compared to seventy-two in the original. When they say it's for two, it does yeah. kind of intrigue me in the sense like, surely it's going to be the same game though. That it's just kind of less pieces, and like if you played with more people, it would just be a bit short and bit bit harder, really. Yeah. Um, Carcassonne's fine. Will I get this? Probably not. Just because, right. I've got Carcassonne. Two I'm happy with Carcassonne. Two-player games really me. Okay. Like, I'm all for two-player games, yeah? Uh, Anything yeah. that works well with two players, I want to go for. Because it's really good for just, you know, if you're with a friend or, you know, I'm at home with my partner one evening and we just want to play a game that's quick and easy, it's always good because, you know, you've got a lot of board games that are really built around four players and you can play them with two, but it's just not the same. No. So when you get something that's specifically, specifically made, made for, for two players, for two, it's just really good. You know, um, it, you hope it's good. Whether that's something like Jaipur, I know that the um, Sushi Go Party has that kind of Sushi Go for two in there, which is really good fun. Ah, Sushi um, Go Party, man. Uh, or my, my favourite two-player game, I'm thinking just on my head, Raptor. Yeah, by, no, Br- by Bruno Cadala, Bruno Faduti. Mm-hmm. Good. What a game. Papa and Papa Bruno. Yep, the Brunos. Um, I love it, and yeah. But yeah, Carcassonne. It's fine. Do I see myself getting this? No, not at all. Um, I don't know how often I play Carcassonne, and as we're going to get onto in a minute, I don't know how often I will play it in the future. I've, um, I've, I've got Carcassonne. Uh, my, same. I said my aunt and uncle gave me it. Um, it's all it's right. a solid game. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game. I enjoy it, but I think there are just things out there that I'd just rather play now, and that, that I've got that, you know, if we're going to play a game and sit down for, if you've got 15 minutes to play a game, I've got other things that I'd go to over Carcassonne. Yeah. Um, okay, Sam, I've got just a little bit more news. I'll, I'll be I'll be very fast. Sam, w- Sam, do you like Star Wars? Um, I do. I think I think I do. I think so. I'm I think pretty you, sure I do. I don't that's know if you've mentioned one it. with the that's the one, space wizards. That, that's one with the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. And they mission. We've got to go back. Yes, that that's, that's that it, one. Yes, absolutely. Um, do you like the end of of A New Hope, the trench run? Uh, yes, I have. Well, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you want to play it on uh, X-Wing Miniatures game? Um, I'm going to... Yeah, no. I know what this is about. 
Um, and I could talk about X-Wing and how I stand on X-Wing. For yeah, I know. But, but, um, but we're talking about this. Yeah. This is different. And this, uh, is, this is cool. Though. This is cool. This is cool, but this very is, situational. No, this is really cool. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> a man from San Antonio, Texas. A crazy man. Jeffrey McKelvey. A crazy, been, crazy man. Has been kickstarting for the last couple of weeks. Um, in Trench. The Trench Run Terrain for the X-Wing Miniatures game. It's a magnetized 3D trench run terrain for the x Adventures game to include turrets and power nodes. It's beautiful. It's also... Um... This this thing... I mean, he asked for 5,000. It's got... Oh, it's 6,500. He's right done now. it, guys. He's, he's, he's kickstarted. He's, he's done he's, it. He's got it. How long's left? Five days. Five days as of this recording. This is... Um, the 30th of July. Sunday the 30th of July. Yes. Um, so the, 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 the main... The, the small one that he's selling... Is thirty inches by thirty-five inches, so that's about two and a half feet by three feet. Yeah. Okay. And it is, you know, it looks really nice. It's quite modular. It's kind of modular. You can stick it together. That's what I was gonna say. It, look, it looks modular. Yeah, it is. Can, and they, they've, and they've got little bits of for the, you know, they've got rules for the power, uh, the turrets and the power nodes that you need to destroy. And you can get a dice tower that's a Death Star turret. Yep. And there's Beautiful. dice. There's dice cups that are lightsaber handles. Just and Hilt. it's help. Sorry, Hilt. I'm so sorry. Um. And it sounds great. That 30 inch by 35 inch play area, including highly detailed surface with trench, exhaust port, and three. So the full thing. Clear prospect. No. Not the full thing. No. Two panels, all of which can place randomly on the entire play area. $299 or more. $499 or more. Wait, so, so that $300 gets you the trench run. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. $499 or more. Mm-hmm. 48 by 50 inch play area, eight plastic bridges for over the trench maneuvers to include 18 turbo lasers, four power nodes. And these are, these. there's all specific rules for these. Um, and So that's about four foot by four foot. That's about four, yeah, four foot by just over four foot. And the 35 is, is, is about three foot by three. Yeah. Uh, two and a half by three. Uh, and $549 or more is the complete thing, which is 48 by 50. Uh, And you also get the turbo laser dice tower and Yavin timer. There's also a timer! For $550. Yeah. Um, Which I will get up a current conversion rate for you. And it's a lot of money, is is the point. But, you know, it's... That's £420. Yeah. Four twenty, and that's in America, so you don't know how much it's going to cost to ship it all over here. Absolutely, I think what he's done is fantastic. It's a really nice idea. However, it's very situational, and you know, unless you want to spend a lot of time just doing that. Yeah, I mean, if I was a bigger, like, first you, of all, if I had more money, I suppose you know, four hundred twenty quid on a board. Yeah, and that's all this is. It's a board. You're not getting a game. You're not getting X-wing. You're getting a board. A grey board <laughs> with. A dip in it. Yep. Um, which obviously is fantastic, and yeah, but I'm not in. A, I'm not at a point in the game to bother even buying any more of the game, let alone. But if you're interested, <laughs> you like the idea of it. Um, five days left to go. Uh, have a look on Kickstarter, and you know, might be right up your street. Yeah. Right, Jamie. Okay. We're on the Meeple People podcast, aren't we? I, I think we are, Sam. Something missing. Something uh, missing. We're in the news. Yes. Oh. Uh, just can't grasp what it is. Oh, Sam, like... wait, I've got something here. Hold on. Oh, what what does it got? say? Um. You like Star Wars, don't you? 
I think we've just <laughs> yes, we've got to go back. They gotta go back, Marty. That's the one. Uh, yes. Now you remember a year and a, about a year and a half ago, uh, a certain uh, film was released, Star Wars film. Um, something about waking up. I don't know. I uh, think something came out. I yeah, something remember. came out. Uh, but not many lot, people saw it, did they? No, no, I don't think anyone. Mm, I think it was didn't. a small indie film. A couple, yeah. couple of cinemas. Uh, Hardly made its budget back. Just about. Never. Uh, but, ob- but obviously, uh, along with that small indie release, a couple of products were, uh, tie-in products. And one you know, they want to make some, mon- some more some money. money. You know, yes. if, they're, if they're only just making their budget back on yeah. that film, they've got to find cash where they can. No, absolutely. Um, but they brought out a version of Monopoly. Everyone's favourite game. Everyone's favourite game. Um, and there was, there was a bit of a stushy uh, because of it. Because... I remember uh, well, this. All the main characters, they left out... Ray. Ray. The main character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, importantly, I suppose, for these people, the main character, also the only really woman in, in the film. You know, you've got Leia. Um, but, you know, the main character is a woman and they are pushing that, you know, very yeah. much. And they miss her out of a lot of the franchise tie-ins. <laughs> More than a year and a half after Hasbro was criticised for leaving Star Wars The Force Awakens Rey out of its latest Monopoly spin-off, the lightsaber-wielding hero is still yet to appear in the board game. Their, oh, wow. re- their reason? Insufficient interest. Because no one wants to buy Monopoly. Um, yeah, it, yeah. The publisher added those looking for a copy of the game could call its customer support line and specifically request it. Um, a ten-year-old... Call, uh, I'm so sorry, called uh, uh, a 10-year-old, uh, uh, Annie Rose Goldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't, said they didn't keep their word. It's an awful lot of, tr- you know, proposed solution, an awful lot of trouble to go through. I mean, the reason they did it was they didn't want to spoil th- plot uh, threads or plot uh, things for the upcoming film. But she's a main character. You saw her in most of the trailer. Yeah. So why? Wait, they said they didn't want to spoil plot points. Yeah. I suppose it's because they'd have to include it with a lightsaber, maybe. No, it's stupid. Yeah, it's completely yeah. stupid. Because you know who you know who the four you know who the uh, four of the characters were. Marty McFly. Uh, yes. Kirk. Yes. Nemo. Yes. And um, Tom Vassell. <laughs> 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 um, so close, Robin and, Williams, genie. And Papa Vassell. <laughs> Papa Vassell. <laughs> No, Papa Vassal just been announced. He's playing the genie in the live action version of Aladdin. Oh, fantastic! Can't wait to see it. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was Finn, Kylo Ren, Luke Skywalker, and Darth Vader. <laughs> um, yeah, for the Force Awakens. For the Force Awakens. So yeah, it's it's still not going. So if you are wanting a uh, Monopoly Star Wars Force Awakens with Ray in it, call Hasbro customer support line. And they'll and they'll get you one. They'll get you sorted. That's kind of ridiculous. They'll hook you up with just, some Ray. Just a tad ridiculous. I am looking for some Ray. Monopoly Ray. Monopoly Ray. Doesn't really work. Um, onwards! Raynopoly. With the show. Oh, yeah. So. Um, as we may have mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Dice Tower Awards... 2016, i.e. for the games last year, have were announced a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I watched the ceremony. It was quite cool. It was, it was nice. Um, I'm not going to go through all the list of uh, nominees. We did that a couple of podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to quickly run off the the winners, uh, the categories as well. 
Um, it's, I think, some interesting things. It was a, a successful year for quite a, quite a few... Um, yeah, and these are games that are popping up all over the place on awards, really. Yeah. You know, we mentioned the Origins Awards, and I'm sure at Gen Con, people are going to pick up a load more things. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. So, Dice Awards. Okay, award for best artwork went to Scythe. No surprises. Best production, Mechs vs. Minions. Which is good. Good to see that. You know, it yep. looks like a solid game, and apparently yep. for the price, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Small publisher, Role Player. I don't know. I'm ashamed to say I still haven't looked up what this is. Uh, best game from a new designer, Terraforming Mars. Uh, Frix mm-hmm. Alias, Frix Games. A company that has nine brothers and four sisters, which are the company. Oh. It's huge. Um, best two-player game, Star Wars Rebellion. Whoop, 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 whoop. I love it. It's so good. Do you like Star Wars, Sam? Um, um, we've got to go back. Yeah, <laughs> that's not something to do that. We need to play Rebellion at some point. I will play Rebellion with you at some point. Best expansion uh, was won by Seven Wonders Duel Pantheon. Cool, again, Seven Wonders, something I've never actually played yet. Yeah, I've already played. Seven, uh, Seven Wonders Duel, two-player game. Two-player version of yeah, uh, Seven Wonders. But um, I'm very much, I, I, I want to play Seven Wonders first. All right, we'll, we'll get a game of it at some point. We will try. Uh, best party game, Captain Sonar. Boy. Is it a party game, though? This Here's the thing, even they were going... It's not really a party game, though, is it? I, yeah, I think they call it party game because eight players. Yeah. And that's kind of like, oh, we've got people around for Captain Sonar, but it's very much not a party game. It's very serious, and everyone is, like, on tenterhooks. Yeah, it's, you want, game. yeah, it's, like, it's not something you could just kind of go, oh, I'll just, I'll just go away and not do this. It's like, no, we need you to focus right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, best reprint, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Oh, cool. Again, best. haven't played the first one. Yep. Um, but yeah, it looks it looks cool. Best co-op, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Oh, there you go. Most innovative game, Captain Sonar. Oh yeah, completely agree. Um, best strategy game, Terraforming Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best family game, Ice Cool, which of course won yep. the Kinderspiel cool. de Jahres this year. Best theming, Captain Sonar. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really odd because there's a lot of games, I think, where you can um, imagine what it's like, and you know, like with Star Wars Rebellion, it's very much like, oh, I feel like I'm playing through Star Wars and I get that feeling of like the films and stuff. But with like Captain Sonar, it's like, do you feel like you're on a submarine? I don't know. I, but I think no, it, I get it. Yeah, it's but very it recreates much like, oh. that tension and that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then game of the year, Scythe. Yeah. Which, you know, I, ha- I haven't been Who able knew? to play. Yeah, I know. I we haven't been able to play. Uh, you know what, though? I don't know if I'm that bothered about it. I'd, I'd like to give it a go. I'd, I'd give it a go. Um, I can never see me buying it. Those, yeah. Interestingly enough, just interesting enough, just because, oh, not because I've got you know an interest in it in any way. Captain Sonar was nominated for four awards and won three of them for the Dice Tower game. For the Dice Tower awards, what was it? What else was it? A game of the year. No, but it won that. No, game of the year was won by Scythe. So. Oh, what did? Captain Sonar oh, was nominated for Best I'm Party sorry, Game, Most Innovative Game, and Best Theming, and won all three of them. Uh, yeah. And all the games that were in Best Strategy uh, category were also in Game of the Year, which was quite telling, I think, for this year. It was, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Mm. Uh, so well done to all those winners. We were going to play Stra- uh, Terraforming Mars recently, uh, because there's a cafe near us, um, another board gaming cafe, that has a copy of Terraforming Mars in it. And I thought, I called up all these guys, and you know, Sam, and it was Ross and Richard, and we were like, okay, let's go and play it. It'd be great. We got there. It was packed. And I forgot to book a table. We found out why it was packed. We thought we were just unlucky, but apparently there's a... Um, there was a thing on meetups.com. Ah, I didn't know um, that. And it's, apparently it's a regular thing. Oh, fair enough so then. Sunday's over there. Ah, apparently okay. 
Well, either way, we were stupid. We didn't book. But we will play Terrifying Mars hopefully very soon. And we'll let you know about it. Because I'm very interested in playing it. I'm it very interested very good. in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well done to all those winners. Um, now we move on to potentially the biggest announcement of the year. Yeah. And for once, we can actually talk about this. Yeah. Um, the Spiel des Jahres and the Kenner Spiel des Jahres Awards were announced um, a couple of weeks ago. Let's start with the Kenner Spiel. Kenneth Beale, as not nominated, were Raiders of the North Sea, Terraforming Mars, and Exit the Game. Of which we have played zero Neither of them. Oh. <laughs> uh, as I said, we were going to play one of them. <laughs> the winner, uh, as announced, was Exit the Game. Mm-hmm. Well done, Inca and Marcus Brand, also the creators of Village. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to try Exit, at least one or two of them. You know, it's, we like to unlock. Let's see how Exit is. Um, the Spudiaris. Has been announced. Yes, the nominee. The nominees were, as you know, Magic Maze. Uh, sorry, King Domino, and I think I believe it was called the Road to El Dorado, or City of El Dorado. Yeah. Now we've played two of those games. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, uh, El Dorado by Rainer Knizia, mm-hmm. highly regarded board game designer. King Domino by Bruno Cathala, highly regarded board game designer. Magic Maze, first game. Yeah. Well done. And Magic Maze, as we've talked about on this show, is just, it's great. It's really good. It's fantastic. Um, if, you, if, if, it's, if it's not your kind of thing, you know, obviously stay away from it. But, you know, if you... If you like insanity and um, hating yourself, loathing yourself for not seeing just the simplest things in the yeah. world, um, go, go for it. Yeah, if you oh, no, I hate yourself. I, I, <laughs> I, re- Magic I really enjoy it. I think, I think Magic Maze is, is great fun. Um, uh, but, as we assu- as I said it wasn't going to win, and it did not. The winner of the Spiel der Jahres 2017 is King Domino by Bruno Cathala. Papa Bruno, getting in there. His well first done. win. His first win, yes. Um, no, he is one of our favourite designers, I think. I like, he's, he's he's I, I like him. I like it. Uh, yes, just so you know, Casper uh, Lapp was the designer of Magic Maze. Mm-hmm. Um, first game, I think, very well done to him. I think it was, you know... No, yeah. A, a really nice Absolutely theme. fantastic. Really nice. Really, as you know, we've said problems with the box art. Uh, the look of it is a bit... The look of the, the box is a bit strange and doesn't really chime with the rest of the game. Yeah, it looks but, a lot more like a kid's game from the outside. But when you get or, into or just it, a low, it's... just a not a great, you know, it's like a very kind of yeah. cheaply made game, but it's a good fun. Very it's good fun. absolutely fantastic. Like it's. And I still oh wake, my! I still wake up in the night screaming at the sound of the porn. <laughs> that sounds so weird. Screaming I wake up in the night. Of the porn. I wake up in the night. Hear the screaming of the porn. You hear the screaming of the porn in the middle of the night. <laughs> Again, that doesn't help what we're saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's that's a bit better. Anyway, um, King Domino. King Domino. Yeah, we actually we we've, we've played it. We played it not an hour ago. <laughs> so uh. this, this is a this is a fresh, a, a still warm from the oven review. Yeah, Jamie bought the game like yesterday. Uh, two days ago. Two days ago, text me. We organised to do this show. He came around and we we played it before this. Yeah. Um, had a good. Well, we I don't know if we have had a good chat about it. We've talked about We've it. We've had a little discussion, like a, a little discussion. But so, we're saving it for here. King Domino, K- King Domino, King Domino by Bruno Cathala, uh, designed by, uh, designed, uh, artistically designed by uh, Cyril Bouquet, uh, published by Blue Orange in America and Coiled Spring here in the UK. Mm-hmm. 
it's Sam said we were just talking about Carcassonne in the you know and the fact is there's a very similar idea to Carcassonne in that it's a tile laying game and you are building a kingdom yes. you know you're, you're adding to the area you're adding to the play area the, the aim of the game is to build a 5 by 5 domino grid uh, each domino contains two pieces of artwork either side they can be matching you know they can be the same so because the, the theming of it is you're you're a lord or a king seeking new lands in which to expand your kingdom you got to you know explore lands you've got wheat fields you've got lakes you've got forests mountains mines mines uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a kingdom building game yeah uh, but that that uses like you know that whole dominoes thing very, very nicely, where a wheat field has to be placed next to a wheat field. You know they've got to match to be able to be connected to each other, and then there's a nice point system in there for basically, you want the most area of that. You know you want a good decent area to get more points. You want, you want for the most it. area, but um, you also want um, tiles that have little crowns on them for that specific area to type, get which will score you points. points. And then the more crowns you have, times by them. The space you have are, are yeah. those victory points for that area. And then there's a nice thing about being able to complete that 5x5 five five grid because you might not be able to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. It might play out that way. And there's a bonus points for having your... It's an optional rule, but yeah, some optional points for having your... Because you have, you have a little... I don't know. The, the only way to describe it is a little starting one tile. tile. Yeah, it's a little starting tile, which is just a half size. It's that like a little square. anything can connect to at the yeah. beginning. Um, extra points for having that at the center of your kingdom. Your extra points, again, these are optional rules, if you have a completed 5x5 five five grid, which, surprisingly enough, is slightly more difficult than it sounds. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, there's different terrain types, and you want to connect them. If you can't connect anywhere, you have to discard a tile. Um, the game plays, I mean, the game on, on the box says plays in about 15 minutes. Definitely. I would completely agree with that. Yep, maybe even 10 we played um, three games. We played two three-player games that used just the standard rules. And then we played a two-player game, um, which has you building a 7x7 seven seven grid, which we thought would be impossible and crazy, but I managed it. Yes. I'm very happy. I managed my 7x7. Seven seven. Um, and yeah, you know, we. I think it gets to that point where you can't help but compare it to, to things like Carcassonne and things. You know, you like... If, if, if only for the fact that it is... It's, it's tile-laying, building up... A kingdom, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, like we play, like I played Stars Rebellion, and you can't help but compare it to War of the Ring mm -hmm. and things because it's got that. It's a two player game with. That's based on, you know, existing, a, IP. existing IP, and you're playing through a story and things like that. And you, and half of you, you know, you don't want to compare it to that because it is a different game, but then you can't help it. And, you know, Carcassonne and King Domino just have those very similar elements of you building that, um, building a city using tiles, putting things down to get more points, strategically placing tiles to deny other people points. And Rhiannon, my, my partner who was playing with us, um, made the interesting point of she, she likes Carcassonne because you're all playing in this sh a shared play area, mm -hmm. which is nice. So you obviously can put things down that give you points, but it also gives other people points and stuff. And the only kind of play interaction in this game, which, which definitely did come up a lot, is... You might so there's there's tiles equal to the number of players out that you can choose from to add to your kingdom, um, but obviously if if you can't place a tile, you discard it, or there might 
be a point where you're picking a tile, but it, it really doesn't matter. There might be like two of the same tile down there or just something that you can add to your kingdom that won't give you points, it won't take away points, you know, it won't really do anything, but it's just going to be added to your kingdom. But what you can do is look at other people's kingdoms and think, that can give them a lot of points. At this point, it doesn't really matter what I take, but I can really like just mess up your game by taking that tile or really just annoy you by taking that. And that comes up, and it's a nice kind of gotcha moment, and that's the extent of the play interaction yeah. in King Domino, which I, I think is fine. I think I, I, like, um, I like the reservation aspect of it because it does, you know, it allows for that little bit of, of screwing over your, your friend's yeah. stuff. Um, or in the case of me, just kind of blindly going, oh, I'll take and this. I really enjoy the fact... If you can place a tile in your kingdom, you have to place a tile. Have to. If it means you're going to break your five by five, if you oh yeah, if you, if you break your five by five, you got to discard it. If it means that your kingdom's not going to be at the center of the your castle's not in the center of the kingdom, you've got to put it down. Tough. If it if it means that you know you're not going to get you're going to break up an area, a twenty four point bonus, you're gonna uh, you've got to put it down, and that's really interesting. You know, I I, I really enjoyed that. Um, element of just having to think you know it does cause a slight bit of analysis paralysis yep in the sense it's like right i've really just got to sit back look at those tiles look at what i am going to take i have to take whatever and just think where am i going to put it does this work what can i sacrifice you know can i sacrifice those bonus 10 points for having my castle at the center of my kingdom is that worth putting that tile in this place you know is it and or is it worth sacrificing those five points not to complete that five by five grid? Um, I in our in our no, two player game nice stuff there. in our two player game, which the, you know there's a, a rule that you can play a uh, you can try it for a seven by seven grid, which was good. Yeah, um, I I you know, we the game I think was three points in it. It was three points in it. There was yeah. But then all the games we played, when the two games we played when there was three player, there was, you know, well, there's one point between the winner and the, and the second place. Uh, one the time. second game. The, the first um, game was because we didn't know any of us what we were doing. We just kind of put a lot of stuff down. But it was still quite close. You know, there's probably five points between each person and stuff like that, you yeah. know. Um, it was close, though. You know, it's a nice, close game, which is always good to see. That, when, that's nice. Um, when you finish a game for the first time and you actually find out that it's balanced. It's really nicely yeah. done. You know, you can go for different tactics because you, you can definitely go for the tactics of just having lots of little spaces made of lots of points or, you know, I'm just going to go for what I did on that two player game mm -hmm. is I basically went for two types of terrain. Yes. Went for two areas, but made them big. Oh yeah. Um, I guess that's what you kind of want. And I won, you know, but you went for kind of a good mix of stuff. And you're only three points behind. And that's good to see that that works. You know, there's a lot of different viable strategies. It's not like we're going to play King Domino and this is how you win. You know, we're going to play King Domino. Do what you want. Put down what you want. You know, you and me going for those two different types of terrain, it's like, well, lots of tiles could come up that just renders that pointless. Mm -hmm. Very literally pointless. Hey. You know, I might not actually get those, those crowns to allow me to score those points. But, um... It was just good to see that kind of. There is option. There's there's options for you, which was nice. Yeah, I think it's there's a nice little tactical edge to it that I think if you're you know if, if something you're not really interested in before, you know it seems very casual, but it's got this underlying element to it, kind of bit of strategy. Yeah, which I and, like. I, and I think that's why it got the spiel. 
is because it's I think with Magic Maze for younger players No. It would just be very very difficult. Listen, you know, you're we, not gonna we, we're, win. we're when we've played it, you, me and and Ross, we you know we've played it. And we've got it. We've got it. Like we've got a system down. We've got we've got well. a system. We've got a system down. But we're three guys in like in our like twenties and thirties. Okay, so yeah, and and we just get salty like in silence. Yeah, and and there is as salty as you can be by banging a red pawn against the table in front of someone. Yeah, and I think if you're there with a with a with a ten year old or, or multiple children trying to obviously get across to them what they have to do, do in the yeah. game and the fact like you're not controlling one person you're controlling everyone but you can only move in one direction and especially and oh the direction you control will change yes like every time we do something we just spin but then, those, but then again but, that, but then again that's one of the rules in magic maze that you can just kind of go Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take that out for now. Yeah, and Magic Maze increases in difficulty as you go along through the book. Again, which, which is nice, but again, it's Which that. we haven't even got past, like, what, level four, level five? No, 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 we have. Well, we've got past... We've got, we've got to the point where we've now got all the tiles in the deck. And we're using a lot of the abilities. Yeah, no, that, that's it. We've got all the tiles in the deck. We've got all the abilities. It's just now, if we beat the first one with all the tiles in the deck, yeah. all the abilities... We move on to an objective, like, a the, scenario type the, thing. The other different ones, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. And it's crazy... And I think where, where King Domino comes in is just, you can, it's just easy. You know what you're doing. It's very simple. Um, you know, especially for younger players, it is just, you pick up a wheat field. Have you got wheat fields on your board? You can match that with that. That works. And that scores you points. Um, and it's just very accessible for people of all ages, really. And it plays in 15 minutes. Not that Magic Maze doesn't. Magic Maze definitely plays Does in play 15 minutes. minutes yeah. um, but it's a very stressful 15 minutes. And it's a very, very thinky. Yeah. Hard thinking, fifteen Very minutes. Very cerebral. Um, yeah. But uh, as I said, you know, it, it's it's light, it's fast. The, the production quality is very nice. You know, there's nice kind of thick card. I was dominoes. really impressed. When I know. I, picked, I, I thought it was going to be just like Carcassonne, really. Yeah. Where they're they're fine. You know, they do their job, but look about double the size, double the thickness of Carcassonne tiles. Definitely, and they're glossy, like, oh. which I really liked. Um, and the artwork is Cyril Bouquet. What a Lovely art. That's some man. really nice artwork. Our favourite one is there's there's a double C tile and it's got um Loch Ness Monster type thing, you know, that plasiosaur or yeah. something beneath Plasiosaur. the water and it's just a um just the silhouette of it and it's it's just a really nice it piece of art. Um and Yeah, you know, it's just a nice game. Is that's the thing. Is it the best game? We, you can't say. I think it's the most all-rounded game out of the three. You know, we haven't played Road to Eldorado. We can't, we can't comment on no, that. But can't. out of Magic Maze and Kingdom, no, it's definitely the most easily playable for for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it got the score. I, I I bought the game basically specifically for for Sam and I to review here, and I I wasn't too sure about the look of it. I was like, oh, you know, it looks a bit. Yeah, I don't know. And then I I played it, and now I'm going. I like this game. And I'm, oh, I really like it. I'm oh, really and also it's worth mentioning, because this is a big thing, I think. It's because £16. Pounds. Because it's another thing that also they take into account is the price of it. Yeah. You know, Magic Maze was just about 20 quid. Which is still really good for what it Magic, is. Uh, and King Domino's 16 quid. Um, because it's got that, that accolade to it now, I can see that going up to 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sixteen quid for a game that plays in fifteen minutes can play very nicely. Oh, very. Two to four play- players um, definitely hits that playtime. 
Um, and it's just a really kind of nice game. You know, you can think about it as much as you want, mm-hmm. which is nice. You know, you can really, um, really min-max that game. Oh, completely. Definitely. Because um, it's, you know, it's spatial awareness. And, oh, it's, ju- it's just a nice game. It's a nice, like it really it's works. Very when you, nice Now game. that we've started talking about it and really thinking about it, it's, it's just a nice game. Yeah, it's completely, <laughs> yeah. Um, it obviously, is it the best game of the year? I don't know, because obviously it was only up against two other games. It's not up against all of the games. You know, I think, would you prefer it that actually they don't announce nominees and everything is considered a nominee? Obviously, the only thing is it has to be released in Germany. Not in Germany, it just has a, a German rule book. Oh. Uh, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I, I don't Should they know. say, you know, the Spirit of Jairus is open for everyone? Like, we don't do nominations. We just name a game of the year. No, because then they go, well, what sets that apart from everyone else? If you look at... You know, but then you... what sets those three apart from Good everyone point. else? I don't know. There's something unique, a certain je ne sais quoi about them. I don't know. I don't know. But congratulations to King Domino and good game. Yeah. Well, onwards with... What we have been playing... What have we been playing, Jamie? We've been playing a hell of a lot. It's I'll been a while since I've we had our last uh, podcast. It has. And um, there's one thing I've been playing. I've played three things, three games of it. Um, and that is, um, well, you, you joined in for one of them. I did. Which is Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective. Ah, yes. This is the latest um, printing Reprint, of it. Yeah. So this is um, the Thames murder and other cases. That one, it's not the Jack the Ripper one that came out earlier this year, late last year, I forget when. Um, and it's not the Holmes and Watson... Um, Which is a completely different game. Competitive one. Yeah. But it's very similar. It's in the lineup, but it is um, its its own thing. Um, yeah, so I've played the first three cases. Okay, how many cases come in the box? Ten. That's not bad. Each one um, has taken us around two and a half hours. Okay. So you're talking an evening, you know, it's like, shall we watch a film or do a case? Like, it's the same... Yeah. Same length, really. You know, two to three hours, definitely, we're saying. On the box, it says 90 minutes, I think. It depends how how bothered you are as well, you know, because you could stop the case early and go for the questions. But but anyway, um, a bit of background on the game. Um, it came out many, many years ago. I think it's a game from the 80s, really. Yep. But the idea is you're presented with a case, um, which is just a book, um, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing. But at the beginning, Holmes gives you um, a good old load of text about saying what's happened and this is, you know, this is the facts as we have them at the moment and then you go off into London and talk to suspects and, and interview people and go to places. Yeah, um, You've got, you got, you got a big old map of London with yeah. uh, different districts. Uh, districts and different numbers which correlate to things in a book, co- correlating to different cases. Yeah, and, and you've got visits. a directory of, of people to tell you basically where they live on that map. Um, and when you find a place you want to go to, let's say we want to go to um, St. Bart's Hospital to speak to the coroner or whoever. Yeah. Um, you look up the district, look up the number, and then if it's there in the book, you can do it, read the text. And then you can read that paragraph that comes with it, and that's, and that's a lead. Basically, every paragraph, every section in the book is known as a lead. Yeah. It is. Um, and then you work your way through the book, finding out things. You know, you definitely want a pen and paper with you to note 
certain things down. Oh, I, I treat it like I treat it like um, playing Unlock or some of that. Very Piece much. of paper and a pen, because if you don't have that, you're knackered. Or playing an RPG, you know, you want to put down key pieces of information that you might want to remember in the future. And obviously with Sherlock Holmes, there might be some red herring. There will definitely be some red herrings in there. Um, and, you know, you're, you're presented with the case and you've got to go out and solve it. And that involves walking around London, talking to everyone and just seeing... What, what you think it is. And then at the end, there's a series of questions you have to answer. They get you a certain number of points, whether you got them right or wrong, and then you compare your score to Holmes and you see if you've won. Which, of course, you won't, because you're You probably Holmes's. won't have won. Um, now, um, I really enjoy it. I enjoy this kind of thing. Um, you know, very much a puzzle element, and, you know, thinking about it. And, oh, what's also worth noting is there's newspapers included with it. So they're, they're just two sides of A3 ish um and but it brings the world to life a little bit and it's yeah and, and you you play each case in in date order you do and for each case you get the papers that have been released thus far in time basically so we're playing case three we're allowed three newspapers each case has a newspaper with it but you're allowed all the past ones and there are things in the previous papers that will correspond probably to the case you're playing which is Really nice. You know, I, I like that kind of interweaving the game. Um, yeah. Um, so we, I've played three cases. Played a part of one with, with you, you know. We started it off, but it got really late, so then we, we stopped, which I wouldn't recommend doing, to be honest. If you start I one, make sure you play it to the end. I came in halfway through, and I was like, I'm not really... I, 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 want, I kind of was enjoying it, but... Absolutely. I didn't I feel like I got as, as much fun. But then it was our first time playing it, and I didn't know if that was a thing you could do and bring people in for and things, yeah. but oh well, it happened. It originally it was published in 1981, won the Spiel des Jahres in 1985. There you go. It's got to be alive in 1985. And yeah, it was, you know, I, I really like it. Um, One person we played it with, and you know... Ross. Didn't enjoy it. And he was saying, and I completely get what, where he's coming from, is that it's not really a game. No. You know, there is a solution. Yeah. And it's up to you to find that solution, and that solution is in that book. You will come across it at some point, and it's just your job to piece that together. There's no, you know, there, there is a right and there is a wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's just up to you to, to get that right. Um, if you don't, you don't, and that's it. And if you don't, you can't play that case again. You know the answer. Yeah, you know, it's very much that kind of thing, um, which I think does put people off. Um, that obviously, once you've played the box, you've played the box and you're done. But as I said, you know, we're spending at least two hours on each of these cases. That's ten cases. It's twenty hours a game. That's a lot of time. I, I don't. I think more and more as the legacy game idea becomes more and more prevalent. I think people uh, aren't minding it. People aren't minding it as much because if you are getting a good solid chunk of time as it said like 20 odd hours of it that's, that's a lot pretty of excellent game. yeah imagine playing 20 hours of king domino like how much was uh <laughs> how much was uh, if you don't want me asking do you know how much detective was about i think it's between 30 and 40 pounds okay that's pretty reasonable um i'm thinking of a 30 i'm thinking of a 30 quid game uh okay carcassonne think of Think of uh, no, let's say King Domino. Twenty it, hours. It's, oh yeah, it's sixteen pounds. Are you going to be twenty hours of King Domino in your life? Probably not. That's a lot of games. 
That's, that's a hell of a lot. That's four times 20. Um, I don't even want to think about it. Anyway. Yeah. That's that's 800 games. Oh, no, that's it's 80 games of King Domino. You've got... We've got 77 games of King Domino. Oh, jeez. Oh, right. 76. 76. Right? No, 77 games left to play. Either, either way, it's... I enjoyed them. I, well, from what I enjoyed... I, at the end, I went, this is ridiculous. How? What? Um, but I really liked the the world. Yeah, you know, there's, there's some nice things in there. Um, so I can't find the version I've got on Amazon, but it's but, currently got the, um, the Jack the Ripper and West End Adventures, which is, you know, it's the same style game. It's just got different cases in it. It's exactly the same system, just 10 different cases. Um, that's currently up on Amazon for 35 quid. Um, there you go. Again, ten cases that will take you, you know, like twenty hours to play. And there's some really nice um, little Easter eggs and stuff in there. Okay, um, my version is thirty-five pounds. And and you know, I'm just gonna, um, um, you know, it's it's not really a sport, but there's there's a My Fair Lady reference in there, which we kind of we were we were zoom, we were looking through the phone book because you got a phone book as well. Yeah. And, and I was look or a, a dress book. And I looked at it and now it's like Henry Higgins. Henry Higgins. Um, because my girlfriend's a big fan of, of musicals. She really likes My Fair Lady. And I was like, who? And then we, we read what was going on. She was like, oh my God, it's him. And I was like, okay. And, and it was him. Yeah. We would go to his house and there's a nice little Easter egg to that, uh, which is just cute. You know, it's, it's just funny. Um, and there's other things like that. And I think there's an overall, I think there's an overarching Moriarty line, storyline. Okay. Um, that we haven't Correct, yeah. looked too deep into. But it's there, and... Don't go too far, mate. You'll end up Sherlock. Maybe we will. But we'll see. I think that's all going to come together at the end, maybe, or something. Something's happening with Moriarty, I think, over the course of the box. Uh, do you know how many stories Moriarty shows up in the original Sherlock? Two? Yeah. Two. Yeah. Irene Adler? Is it just the one? One. Scandal in Bohemia. <laughs> just, just, just an interesting thing about how much, like, how much of an impact those characters made from one story. No, completely, yeah. Well, yeah, he just killed Moriarty off straight away, didn't he? As Pretty much. He, yeah. Well, he was getting sick of Sherlock Holmes, so he kill, just went... Tried to kill Holmes off straight away, but no yep. one let him. Yeah. Um, but no, consulting detective. Um, yeah, go for, go for it. Um, we, need to do, we need to remember to do the whole play it, buy it, and try it, buy it, forget it. Okay, King Domino, buy it. Uh, Magic Maze, buy it. Sherlock Holmes, consulting detective? I'd say try it. Try it. Try it. And if you like it, buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Onwards. What yeah. have we been playing? Um, thank a lot. Uh, I decided to pick up uh, one of last year's Spiel des Jahres nominated games. I don't just entirely pick games based on their Spiel des Jahres nominations. Definitely not. You know, I just, we've definitely you know, set our opinion on the I think I think it's not, it's not a bad thing to, you know, it's not a bad baseline to have a look at and go, okay, that was nominated. Interesting. Let's see that then. Um, and I picked up a game called Karuba by Rudiger Dorn, uh, published by Haber. It's a two to four player game. It's a tile laying game with uh, also a kind of race element. Players start with boards that are identical. So you have grids. Yeah, grid system. So you've got four explorers in four different colors. If that makes sense. Yeah. And four temples in matching colors. And the explorers are placed on, on the beach on one side of the board. And the temples are placed on the other side of the board in the jungle. The grid separating them yes it's the it's the uncut wilderness of the isle of karuba yes. so 
But everyone has the identical board, which is the interesting An thing. identical setup. Yes. One player draws, like, uh, shuffles uh, and draws the tiles. There's a 36 tiles, which are various different... And everyone has paths. the same 36 tiles. Yep. Um, they base the race. You, you race to get your explorers to the temples first and earn points. Um, you do this. You, the player who's shuffling the tiles, they pick up a tile. Say it's twenty-one. They go twenty-one. Everyone looks for tile number twenty-one, and then you have a choice. You either put it down on the board or you discard it. And the number uh, you can move an explorer the number of exits on the tile. So if there's a path leading from the bottom of the tile to the top, for example, does a straight vertical line. It's got two exits, so you can move, you explore up to two spaces uh, on, on, along already laid yeah. uh, paths. You can choose to ignore, uh, stop kind of partly way through because you might have some gold nuggets or shards of crystal. That you can pick up. Which give you little extra points. And again, it's just this kind of... It's just a spatial awareness puzzle game, really. You know, everyone's given, everyone is given the exact same puzzle, but it's where they decide to put those tiles efficiently. You know, and the the first few tiles that pick up, you notice that people put down in roughly the same places. Very, yeah, very similar places. You know, but then once you get past probably like tile number four or five, people start There's going the various, off on a tangent, start coming in. and it's very satisfying when you get someone to a temple. And then, like, the first game we played, you know, I, I'm having a hell of a time with it, just trying to figure out this this game and what the hell I'm doing with, with myself. And then I look over, and Rhiannon's almost got, like, three guys to temples. <laughs> and you're just thinking, we've all been giving exactly the same instructions, exactly the same pieces, exactly the same rule set, and there's someone doing miles better yeah. than I'm doing. <laughs> and it's like, well, what have you done that I haven't I'm, done? Yeah. It's this absolute just spatial awareness, you know, and it's again I didn't know what to think at first, and it was it was quite enjoyable. We 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 managed to make the game not more interesting. We had to, a, a new element to the game by we've given a house rule, which is um, bingo calling. <laughs> yes, whoever whoever is drawing the tiles and is the title expedition leader must do a bingo call for it, either yeah. using the standard bingo calls or make up your own. Two little ducks, twenty two. <laughs> Star Trek um, Ascendancy Rage. Three, yeah, just good, good fun, and it, um, it it's stupid, but it's it kind of funny. funny. It was just something we decided uh, to throw in, and actually, actually works. Yeah, um, but no, Karuba's nice. Karuba, Karuba. Um, again, price point on that game like twenty quid, thirty, thirty. Uh, uh, maybe not thirty. Twenty-five to thirty. You know what? We can. I don't know why we we debate these things because we can just find out. Yeah. The click of a button. Um, but no, I I would say um. Look yeah. it out online. Definitely try it. Um, try it, absolutely. But definitely, if it seems like your kind of thing... Again, it's that slightly kind of carcass it, on. You know, it's that, um, as, as was described by a, was Ross or Richard, like almost procedural carcass on. I don't know why we're referencing carcass on a lot this episode, but hey, it just happens to be. Um, I guess it's all that tile-laying element and it's one of the kind of biggest no, ones. No, definitely, yeah. Um, Amazon's got it for 26 Yeah, 25, 30, 25, 30 quid. Um... Which I think is fine. Um, Thirty, I think, is a bit on the high side for yeah. it. You know, it's not. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. Pay, you sorry. don't get much. It's a lot of time. I don't think I paid thirty quid for it. Yeah. I didn't because I remember that I bought another flashpoint. Well, there you go. It's uh, also recommending what do customers buy after viewing this item? It's saying things like uh, Isle of Sky, which Isle won the Kenner, which won the Kenner Spiel last year. Yeah, which again is very 
very, tile laying, yeah. very closely associated to Carcassonne. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, and you're building roads and you're moving things around. Yeah, no, I, it wasn't it wasn't thirty because I bought a new Flashpoint fire rescue mm-hmm. set with it. Uh, so board and yeah, I got some new Flashpoint fire rescue. It's uh, it's an old one, but it's called Urban Structures. So I've got set in an off uh, high rise office building and a duplex uh, two flats. They're they're difficult, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, which is good. really nice. Cool. I've been soldiering away, playing a lot of double with uh, friends, introducing them to double, yeah. which has been nice. Um, and played some Spyfall the other day. That was good fun. Spyfall always good fun. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Star Trek Adventures oh, RPG. We, we say a lot. We say a lot. We've, we've had another session. We've had, we've had our third session now. Third session, yeah. The first two that I was um, GMing for as part of the, the playtest, which you know was was interesting. It was all right. It was just trying out the game and the various stages of of development. But we had our first game run by Richard uh, for our, you know, it, with the final rule set. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was good fun. We were we were you were Doctor Hannah Montanor again, again the mighty the mighty trill, trill doctor. doctor who is ever so slightly genocidal or genocidally minded. This this incarnation of him anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like your I like your beliefs that he is uh, every single host that the trill the symbiote has. Um, he just forces him to become the same, basically the same person. He just ha- he's just very persuasive. <laughs> yeah, very persuasive. Um, and it was good fun. I was a, a slightly belligerent uh, Vulcan engineer with a with a hev- with um, a steady interest in combat, yeah. <laughs> and ended up sh- uh, talking down Romulans, which was good fun after getting shot in the chest. No, and it was good fun and. We, we, we talked about this afterwards. We went for dinner afterwards. And, right. Setting, setting's fine. It's a fun setting. Um, and it gives you space to role play because you're part of a crew and, you know, you're going down to planets and you're talking with other races and you're being diplomats. and You're doing, and you're doing Star fun. Trek. But ultimately, you're, you're playing a game here which uses a, a system of rules. And... <laughs> It's how that system of rules works in what you're doing. And I think there was, you know, we played with the final rule set. And I think it's just still, it's just not there. I don't, I don't know. There was a few. And this is what we were talking about, about. um, So I'm playing the medical officer. Yes. I'm playing the doctor. And there was a time in the game where I got shot and got hurt. Or someone else was shot and got hurt. And it's like, right, we need to stabilize them, otherwise they'll, they'll die. Yep. And it just seems like anyone can really, anyone can stabilize people. You don't really heal people in this game. You know, you, you don't have a healer who has like a med kit and like extra supplies that only they will have because that's their role in the team. It's like, well, everyone's got these little like stim packs or whatever that can, they can just shoot up people well, and they can get better. Well, and yes and no. I'll leave it there. I think it's how you develop your character. Um, you have. As the science, as the medical officer, I think the adventure as it was written had, you know, didn't have a great deal for the medical officer to do. In certain situations, you would have access to better things, like you, you've got access to the shipboard in Fur- Sick Bay, and you've got access to you know, to a, a mur- medical team, and you can get yeah. things that other people can't. You know, you as a science, as a as a member of the science division, can access mm-hmm. things that me as a member of ops couldn't. You know, but then again, I could do things with my team of engineers that you couldn't. But I think it was, I think it was the way it was 
done or the way that so some, we were some just of the talking about that role as a doc of a doctor yeah and so, so the the system also comes with a thing where there's members of crew on on your ship of course and that if if you need to, you can suddenly inhabit one of those and you can roleplay as those. And over time, you can kind of build up their character sheet and you almost get two characters per person. One well, no, no, I don't think two characters per person. You have a character pool that people can Yeah, go no, into, exactly. Um, which I think is quite nice because it does, it does that kind of But then we were saying, so, so there was a lot for me as a doctor and like things on the bridge are pretty much useless for me to do, you know, because they've got other people in the party who are just better at the, making those roles, better at doing those things. And it was just the question of, so why would anyone play a doctor when you can just have kind of that, that extra character in the, in the crew pool of characters who is the doctor, who anyone, whenever they need to, can just suddenly become that person, role-play as that. And my, my answer was, but I'm really enjoying role-playing as that, as that character, that character I've created. I'm, I'm really liking being them, and I see them as being you, you, you play, a doctor. But you play it, you play to play character, you don't play, obviously you're playing the game, but you're not gaming it, you're yeah, doing it. For... No, absolutely. But it just felt that the game limits me as being that character. Okay. Um, just because it's like, well, you might as well just go for being... An engineer or like chief of security seemed to be a really good thing to go for, because I don't know. It was it was just very interesting to see how the different roles fit in the game, um, and this is what we were saying afterwards as well. That other systems, let's take D and D for example, because it is the biggest one out there. Mm -hmm. You're obviously using fantasy tropes as as your classes. Yeah. yeah. Let's not talk about races. We're just talking about classes. Yep, Actually, yep, roles you can have. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're all very individual. You know what each one does? Each one have a, has a very specific role and a very specific set of things they can do that yes. they have access for. Yeah. In Star Trek, naturally, fair enough, they're trying to blur that. You know, everyone's on a ship. Everyone has a role to play, obviously, but for the most part, people are just people, you know? And, and it they're makes trying sense. to blur that class thing of, like, you know, everyone can have a role in this. Um, but at the same point, I think you almost lose that, what's my job here? Okay, yeah. You know, and if anyone is kind of just good at most things, or you're just a bit better at that than me, it's like, well, what is my role? What am I bringing to the party? What am I doing here? Mm -hmm. And it was just... Uh, for you, a wonderful level of, um, I don't really give a crap. Character, I don't really give a crap. But, yeah. yeah. But that's that's me being flippant. No, I, I don't know. It was like, it was... Yeah, and this is definitely the system over the, the setting and things like that. You know, I just think there's some things in there that can be improved, but sadly... Do you think it might have been the adventure? Or do you think... You know, oh, if, possibly, if but then you don't always want to be writing adventures for your party. There should always be a role in there and, and a way to complete that, a way to approach a puzzle and approach a scenario from your role. Yes, and it's like, well, what can I bring to this that no one else can? Or what can I do here? Like, in D&D, &D, there's definitely a possibility for having a party of bards. Yeah? Or a party I, of I've fighters. always wanted to play <laughs> in a party of bards, and we just... And get the get, band back together. We get the band back together. There's no, like, dungeon crawling. <laughs> or maybe there might be, but it's us going around, playing gigs, having shenanigans. But there's space for you to do the whole, you know, playing a party of bards and whatever you're faced with, you can try and get out of the scenario. Yeah, you can yeah. use the bard's role 
to do that. And the stuff that he's not open to be able to do, you know, definitely like fighting skills and stuff aren't going to be as high as other races. Bards other aren't classes. fighting skills. If it's entirely part of um, bards, you're going you're to have limited access to healing as well because bards. But there's ways you can get around things. Casters. You can, yeah. Whereas in Star Trek, it just felt that, like. I don't, I don't know. It's like, well, everyone can kind of do everything. It's like, we're just all guys. You've got a like, slight, you know, I had a slightly higher medical stat than everyone else. Fair enough, I'm the doctor. But is that useful? Is that the most useful thing to have? It didn't seem that way. It seemed like there were, there were much more useful things to have skills in. You know. I guess, I, guess um, the, I, can, ah, I suppose. But at the same time, my character was shot in the chest. And yeah. Anyone can come along to you and, and, and get you better, pretty much. Pretty much. But Fair enough. I'm going to be slightly better at doing that. But only slightly. But you're more. But it's more likely that you're able to do that, and that is. I'm not going to say that's the only reason you're kept around because that sounds really bad. No, but that's. No, no, no. Go for it. Like I'm not going to take any. No, no, no. It's no, no, no. It's not. It's not like I'm. But no, no. I know it's not. It's not you. I, I don't even. I'm not defending it. I'm just. I'm trying to to reason it out. But it's like because I know that. The, the security officer came over and he healed my character because otherwise my character would have died. Yeah. Like at the end of the end of the game, which is a recurring habit for my RPG character, sadly. Um, not dying, but I mean, oh yeah, bleeding out on the last round, <laughs> on the last turn of combat. Um, the fact is, yeah, he, he could have done that, but he, he could have shot back at those Romulans who were attacking us. He decided to help. He forfeited the, the the power that he no, could have brought us, I know. and and you could have been firing at at them with your with the phaser. You were mainly concerned with getting out of the way so you could save the Gorn that was being crushed. Yeah, um, I think it's completely you know it's it's a show it's a a system based very heavily on a show with such a heavy backstory yeah you know it's and so much that you can do but you yeah. don't want to make it like a, a medic centric episode because everyone else feels what about me and then no completely but then don't you think it should be that kind of thing where it doesn't matter what you are there's a way to approach that Absolutely. and there's a way you can get through that that's, that's, that's a very star trek way you know but it didn't feel that from my point of there view there you go then the that's doctor. that's that's what that's what needs to get sorted it was just interesting. Very interesting. It was just interesting to see, like, right, basically every scenario we came up against in that thing was probably let someone else do that because they're just a bit better at it than me. And obviously we came across a dying Gorn, which is, right, send, send, the, send the officer, the medical officer, but I don't know. It was just interesting going forwards, playing it again. We'll have to see what that looks like. You know, right. I'm still using... Also, a part of this, I think, is I'm still using a pre-gen character sheet. Yes. So maybe just roll up something using using the character generals and see if that helps. If we do something just else. See if it if we, helps. If we do another one, and I'm quite interested in doing another one. Uh, if not running it, then playing in it. I'll convince someone else to play, to run it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll do that together. Yeah, no, we'll see. Um, I was talking to, to uh, Richard afterwards, and it was suggesting... You know, it's it's the whole thing of Monster of the Week. It might be a bit of a pain. Why not do it set on our station? Like, again, don't just pull full DS9 and set the entire thing on the station, but, you know, to begin your characters, build them up, and so it's not just going one point, one point. You're, you're on a station, you're building up characters and a, a setting, and then something might happen. The station might get destroyed. You need no, to go I, to a ship. I definitely think that things like Star Trek benefit from doing lots of one-shots. 
Absolutely. I think that does just work. Yeah. Like, no matter how long they might be, you know, there might be, like, lots of five-hour sessions. But that's fine as long as, you know, I, I think... Or definitely only having, like, two-parters and stuff like that. Doing a long campaign with a similar story going through the whole thing, you know, it could work. We just haven't tried it yet with in that setting. But... I've got some ideas. It definitely would feel like playing the show if you are doing lots of one shots and developing your characters that way. Hmm. And I and I like that. I'd be the fully idea up. Of that, for the that, idea of that know. is quite good. Uh, interesting. Would you do Doctor Hanor Montano again, or would you do something different? Um, I want to carry on the adventures of Doctor Hanor Montano. Um, definitely, when we jump around eras, um, it will be him. But I will roll new characters for each of them. They will have different personalities. Um, Fair enough. He will just be the trail host. He would, no, he'll be the trill. Symbiote, yeah. New host, new stats, new person. Could be a woman sometimes. Could be, could be you know, a big henchman. Present. Who knows? <laughs> I like it, I like it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, you know, if things happen, we'll keep you all posted. Because we'd like to do that. Um, ah, it's not the, what we've been playing. It's what's going to happen very soon. Uh, Gen Con. 50th, yeah. 50th anniversary of Gen Con. And I'm sure that's going to be the next episode of the podcast, maybe. It um, is. If you um, don't get one before then. I was going to talk very next. briefly about some games that are being potentially previewed at Gen Con. I'm kind of looking, I'm interested in different stories about. Um, so, for example, from Arcane Wonders, there's an expansion for Sheriff of Nottingham called Sheriff of Nottingham Merry Men. Cool. Have you heard about this? Um, I have heard about it. I haven't really looked into it. So, obviously, first expansion for it. Um, they will add five modules to the game, which seems to be quite prevalent now, which is uh, an I like expansion, a modular expansion, which is modular expansions. I enjoy that a lot. So you've got the option of a sixth player, mm-hmm. which is quite nice. Uh, in six-player games, you use two deputies instead of a single sheriff. Oh. Here, both deputies must decide to search bags or let people pass, and they share the punishments and rewards. If a deputy disagrees with the other and searches a bag, they receive the punishment or reward by themselves. I'm into this. This sounds which really cool. Which is kind of nice. And also six player. Five player is, again... Five players, it always seems a bit odd when a, when a game maxes out five. And then when you need, when it's a six player game max, you can only, only, only find five players. Yeah, I know. The stuff. Um, there's the Merry Men, which are illegal, which is new illegal goods in the form of Merry Men characters. Uh, if they're smuggled in, players will reveal it and act, activate a special ability. You're which, smuggling people now. Which I love the idea. Yeah, you've basically got Robin Hood in a sack. You're like, what's, it, what's in this sack? Bread. Chicken. Just, just an apple. Just a single apple. Chicken. A, a one single chicken. Wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't a chicken, it's a man. It's a Robin Hood. Um, there's the black market, which adds three sets of bonus cards that display illegal goods. Mm-hmm. The first player who successfully smuggles in the indicated goods receives the bonus cards and a large reward. Oh, nice. So it's a bit of objective-based play. I'm up for this. I really enjoy Chevron Not New Mavic. Um, I, it's one of the games that I've always I've looked out on my shelf and gone I might sell that because I don't play it very often and then I play it and I go this is really good fun it's just good fun yeah like it's never one thing I find with Sheriff of Nottingham is every time you play it it's always kind of the same game yeah you know it never really changes up much but it's still enjoyable I think it also depends on the people you're playing it with yeah because I know if I've played it with people that we've really rolled I've never played it with you true we need that we like prop, I like it I like prop, it a lot properly role play it's just you know I usually, I like going for um, club sandwiches. Club sandwiches? Yeah. You just buy some chicken, buy some bread. Nice. Doing that. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the um, maximum contraband in the bag. Oh, yeah. Just to let you know. Just trying to get away with that. Um, he's, he's saying that, listeners. But is that a bluff? Is that a double bluff? Is that a triple bluff? We will see. 
So yeah, Sheriff of Nottingham, Merry Men, which is apparently being uh, demoed. There is a sequel of uh, of sorts to uh, the Castles of Mad King Ludwig by Betsio Games, a mm-hmm. game I like very much, Ted Ellsbach. The Palace of Mas- Mad King Ludwig. So instead of each player building their own castle, each pl- players build rooms one at a time in a single gigantic palace. So there's another Carcassonne element to it. Um, as rooms are built, moats slowly form around the gate, uh, form around it. It's another. It's another. It seems cool. Diff- it's a different. Sorry, I clicked off the thing. Sorry. Right, so um, different take on. Uh, different take on. Castles was cool. Castles. I, I've only played it once. I'd play it again just to play it again. It wasn't something I'd ever buy. Um. because I've got it. If you didn't, I probably wouldn't buy it. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I'm like I've got to own this. Um, but it was a good. It was a good solid game. You know, um, enjoyed it a lot. Oh, there's, ah, there's no... So this time, it's very different. There's few similarities, such as tile-laying, room rewards, and watching a unique palace take shape throughout the course of the game. Different uh, gameplay. No auction, end-game timer, which is interesting, and a twist on resource management, with multicolored swan tokens being used as currency points and the keys to new abilities. Okay. I like that. Uh, we have Photosynthesis by Blue Orange Games. Looks cute. Uh, publishers of King Domino which is best described as an abstract game with uh, an economy element to it, in which you are sorry, you are playing trees. Uh, you're playing trees in a forest, and you... The sun, photosynthesize. Yeah, you photosynthesize. The light is used as uh, an economic element in the game. So you, you where your trees are positioned, you know, are you... Uh, blocking other players' trees. You know, you've got higher trees to block other players, so you get more light. Use that as a new resource. So you grow your trees, you plant newer trees. Um, Board looks really nice. Again, it looks... Components look really nice, 3D. Yep, 3D. Um, Again, seems quite reasonable. Uh, Yeah. Again, it'll be previewed. And uh, I'm very very excited for photosynthesis. I'm always on the lookout for... Kind of interesting... Yeah, odd, interesting, strange themes, which I quite like. Onwards. The last one I'm going to talk about, um, obviously there's, there's thousands, I mean, it's, it's Gen Con, it's one, it's one of the biggest in the world, I think it is the biggest in the world, is The Hunt for the Ring. This is obviously, it's a Lord of the Rings based game. Now, as far as one can tell, this is basically Lord of the Rings, but with the medium of letters from Whitechapel. Yeah, I saw this um, a while back. So you're escaping the Shire. Is that right? Is that first It's a hidden bit? movement game played in two chapters, with each chapter being played on a different game board. The mm-hmm. board is double-sided. The first chapter, the Frodo player attempts to move from the Shire to Bree, gaining corruption points if they fail to do so after 16 turns. Yep. If the Frodo player succeeds, they can either record their exit point and other game tales to play the second chapter at a later date, or they can continue immediately with the second chapter having the Frodo player move from Bree to Rivendell. Uh, in this chapter, the Frodo player doesn't control the Hobbits directly, but instead draws cards by Journey deck, with each card showing one of the many paths to Rivendell. Hmm, okay. Um, I, I'm a big Lord of the Rings games fan, and if I can ever see like uh, an interesting Lord of the Rings game, I will go for it. You know, a, a couple couple months back, I found um, was it the quest for Mount Doom, or something like that, Road to Mordor... What is it, Sam? Um, it was that tiny two-player game. I don't know if I played it with you, but it was very similar to... Um, 
I don't know. It wasn't a Lord of the Rings game. It just had a Lord of the Rings theme on top. I believe it may have... Was it a Rene Canizia game? It might be. I don't know. It was a very old game. I think it was from Cosmos. Okay. Um, publishing, I think. I could. This could all be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, it was it was god-awful. Um, it wasn't a Lord of the Rings <laughs> game. Um, me and Isa played it like twice, and then we're like, mm, yeah, okay, bye. Um, it was like 10 quid. No, it's okay. 10 that's quid. Fine, that's I bought enough. it, and it was... It was awful. Yeah. This looks like it could be a bit more fun. I like a hidden movement game. We're both big fans of Whitechapel. Um, My top ten. Both big fans of Lord of the Rings. Yep. So let's see how this plays Again, we'll out. Keep, we'll keep, I may pick it up. We'll keep uh, you all abreast of information and yeah, as things develop. And with that, my kind of general Gen Con preview comes to a close. Hopefully, um, before the next podcast, who knows, we will have played two more games. At least two. <laughs> Those games being Dinosaur Island. Uh, unlikely. It's now coming. For, oh. It's, yeah, I know. I got an email a couple of weeks ago oh, saying no. it's going to be like September. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So a couple of episodes back, Jamie pre-ordered a game on Kickstarter. And was Dinosaur Island, he managed to get the um, the spicy collector's edition. I got the collector's edition. Um, basically a... Um, it's a worker placement game, except in the Jurassic vein of Jurassic Park. Park. Worker placement, Euro type thing, and looks fantastic. And the other one you got was Osmosis? Uh, Cytosis, Cytosis, which is a cell uh, worker placement game set inside a cell, which, again, is coming in the autumn. And I also have also pre-ordered Tortuga 1667, uh, which is a, a pre-ordered Kickstarter game of plundering, piracy, and betrayal. I'm yet to kickstart a game. What? I am yet to kickstart. I just went on a bit of a, a mad spree. I've not done Whether I will in the future, I, I don't know. It, w- it would have to be kind of something I'm very confident in. Like a Bruno Cathala game. Yeah. Or an Eric Lang type thing. Well, we'll Eric, well, it's Cool Many or Not. They're kickstarting things. Cool Many or Not has kickstarted, uh, kickstarting um, the Song of Ice and Fire miniatures game. Yeah, and we'll, I'm sure we'll see a lot of that at Gen Con. I know it's that possible. they've been doing the rounds with that at the conventions, so I'm sure there's going to be a big thing there. Anyway, we'll end this here. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so very much. If you have any correspondence, any games you'd like us to uh, suggest for us to play, if you've got anything you'd like to say to us, if you think we're ridiculous and nonsensical, please, meeplepeople.podcast at gmail.com or look find us on Facebook at meeplepeoplepodcast. Find us on Instagram at meeplepeoplepodcast. Um, this goes up on iTunes and SoundCloud and we usually put it out on Facebook as well. Um, let us know what you think. Yeah. See you soon. Thank you very much. Take care.